Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. This is Loreford's podcast for Ashes of Creation, and we are your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by Sunny. Hello. You are now talking to the proud owner of various marathon-related injuries. <laughs> uh, you went full sin, didn't you, buddy? Yep. Yep. We finished the marathon and acquired all of the bonuses that come along with running for 26.2 miles, including potential stress fractures and insane muscle tenderness. It's it's rough. I was in a my foot was in an ice bath uh, earlier tonight. When was the last time that you had an ice bath, JB? Oh, it's been a good minute. A solid minute. In fact, years. Years and years and years. Well, when you introduce the next person, he can answer this question because I know for a fact that he uh, that his his fire station spoils him with ice baths. So uh, you feel free to introduce him and I can ask him when the net, last time that he had an ice bath was. Fantastic. And Cash is here. Hi. Apparently, uh, I'm telling a story. Yeah. Uh, your story is happening. <laughs> Yes, this this is a fact. It's it's probably it's like a bougie California thing, but yeah, our fire stations have ice baths. And I don't know, it's been probably a couple of weeks. I'm not a, like a massive fan of them, but they're really really good for workout recovery. So, um yeah, we have them. And I wouldn't say that we're spoiled with them because it, it is an absolute form of human freaking torture. And I think that's that's oh. part of the mental toughness part is part of the deal. You know, they say if you do that for two minutes, it's either every night or first thing in the morning. It's pretty amazing for you. You'll live to be 104 (laughs) (laughs) and hate most of it. (laughs) There are a lot of proven benefits of ice baths, particularly if you're in have an active lifestyle or have a active job or if you just work out really hard. So Hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. You know what else has been proven? to be quite beneficial for uh, recovery and mood and your mind and just overall mental health is alcohol. Oh. (laughs) Proven. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yes. And I'm sure that you can't, like, overdo that, right? Like, you just, the the more, (laughs) the better, right? Well, no. I mean, people, they know their limits. And especially when you have alcohol, it actually enhances the fact that you understand and abide by such limits. So, yeah, I mean, just feel free. You become more of an adult, I would say, you know, which is why teenagers want it. Um, to really, you know, get that uh, that professional quality, you know, enhance some of those adulting skills early on in life. <laughs> right, folks. This has been a public safety announcement <laughs> from Loreforged, comma LLC, comma Incorporated, comma Corporation. Do not follow the advice of these three dipshits. <laughs> oh, please Give make that a kids, real PSA so I can add to the board. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Do you oh. think you can? You think you can overdo it on pumpkin spice lattes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Keep it in the and, and speaking of which, Cash is uh, Cash is repping a very strong, strong look with that mug. It is a skull mug. But Cash, why don't you tell the people what's in that hardcore skull mug of yours? This was a secret for the people. I have an image to uphold. It should be whiskey, but not tonight. Tonight, I am drinking. Red wine. 
I wanted something a little more mild tonight. And Sonny, what did you tell me before the show? I told you that you are a nose hair away from a PSL with a <laughs> mug of red wine while we record. You, you're so close. You're right there. You just got to do it. Just give in, right? Have you ever had one? I want the fine folks to know that my response to that, since we're all on camera, was I flipped you off. Oh, yes. Yeah, no words <laughs> needed. I would say that was a visual gag, except there was no gag involved, too. <laughs> Answer uh, JB's question. Have you had a pumpkin spice latte? I have in the past. I'm not going to deny that PSLs taste amazing. I will not deny that. But they're loaded with sugar, and I'm I'm kind of a wussy about having too much sugar. So <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's all you got to get half the pumps. It's way better. Yeah, That's and true, twice yeah. the diabetes. Well, the diabetes... I mean, <laughs> Again, ice baths. You'll live to be 104. You'll ice baths. you got to balance these things out. Oh, the way of the Raven Court. Ice baths and PSLs. Oh, well, everyone. Oh, I am so sending you a picture of exactly that as soon as I can pull it off. <laughs> oh, please do. That'd be hilarious. Oh, welcome, everybody, again to Lore Force. We have a jam-packed show for you. Today we're doing the mailbag, voicemails, development, live stream announcement. We're going to chit-chat a little bit about that and get a little speculation. The old speculation station. And a roundtable on is lore slash story important. Yes, it is. Conversation over. God. <laughs> Thanks for watching the show, everybody. We'll see you next week. Slow <laughs> your roll, Lore Master. <laughs> Oh, so gentlemen, we got a a comment. It's actually a YouTube comment. It's technically not a piece of email or mail, but it was so good, I didn't want to pass it up. And this is from MN3586 on YouTube. And they ask, question for the Loreforge team. This game, to some people, is potentially their last hurrah into the MMO space. A lot of us started playing MMOs decades ago. This means that we have grown up, hopefully, and see the world differently. In terms of creating a successful node, what real-world experiences do you think will translate well into the game mechanics? Cash, start with you. I, I first want to say thank you very much for the question. Uh, and this sounds like a person that's like right, probably right in our wheelhouse and probably right in our, our age bracket, most likely. Um, it does make me a little bit sad to hear this, that this potentially could be people's last last chance for, for MMOs. And But I totally understand that. We've had friends that have peeled off of MMOs uh, in the last probably, f you know, five or so years just because what has been coming out has not satisfied them. So it does make me a little bit sad. So... In terms of creating a successful node, what real-world experiences do you think will translate well into game mechanics? I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time understanding exactly what they're asking, but if you were to ask me, like, maybe what nodes that they could add, I really think economic nodes which they kind of already have a bit of and I, I see Sonny's eyes going up there because if you want to talk about like a real world type of a node I think a good a good economic node that has 
some type of intertwining with the stock market system that they want to bring in or what what was the actual name of that sunny that you did a video on? oh yeah it's the stock market they were going to put a, yeah. a stock market based on like events that moved a ticker up and down for the node yeah so i i think something like that would be really 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 cool besides the fact that there's going to be like scientific nodes probably gonna be a lot of crafting and trading and stuff there and then there's going to be military nodes where there's going to be a whole lot of combat i just think it would be really cool to have something along the lines of economic slash political that would lend very very well to different types of political intrigue and subterfuge and um, like white collar type stuff, I think would be really, really cool if you could manipulate markets. And I don't know very much about it. This is probably Sonny's wheelhouse. And I apologize. Like if I stole anything from you, Sonny, on this, maybe you can elaborate if this was your <laughs> your, your pick. Um, I think the only other thing that I would really, really like is something that was just completely nature-based so you Mm. know somewhere you where you were having to do a lot of hunting and harvesting of the land and tending to the land so and i know there's kind of a mixture of of some of those things in there with some of the nodes that do exist but i think from real life stuff i think that would be like land management type stuff would be really really cool but those two things i think would be neat so i'll go next um and I would say that, yeah, I mean, you you do steal a little bit of my thunder whenever you talk about economic nodes, because obviously that's like some of the things that I'm the most excited about. Uh, But I would say that, uh, and there definitely is economic nodes in the game, and they have their own features, and the nodes really get cool when you get to those those highest level things where you get the node bonuses. And I think that the economic node uh, opens up the ability to have markets across different metropolises and connected um, connected trading and stuff like that. But that's not entirely where I was going to go. Uh, I do agree that those mechanics uh, work well, the question is actually really complicated because he patches in like three or four different thoughts in it, right? So he's got, in terms of creating a successful node, what real world experiences translate well into game mechanics, okay? So it's not like in the game, but related to the node. So the only thing that I could really come up with on this thing, I thought like, okay, what real world experience in a node would translate well. And I think it's the mayoral stuff for me. I think the mayoral tricks and abilities to have the mayor say, I need this now. I'm going to put up an order. I'm going to get the people to start bringing me the stuff so that I can build the thing, right? Those like mayoral edicts or whatever they were called, where they say, I want to build a blacksmith in this town because we need a blacksmith. The people want blacksmiths i was elected on the sunny will bring you blacksmiths platform (laughs) so now i have to get the stuff to get you a blacksmith and so i put out there's tools involved in that and i can i can put out a call for those materials and now those materials come so those kind of tools that are in the game are real world right if the if the town wants to build something they need to get the resources to build it so you got to give the mayor the ability to get that stuff and then build it 
And and that kind of real world communication between the people and the mayor, I think, would work really well on a node if the mayor is actually listening. And I think that the best nodes are going to be those ones where the mayor actually has a fair amount of communication with the people in his node. That's a really... Wow. Both of those are really, really good. I think when I consider this question, first off, it's a really, really, really good question. I'm going to pull on our history, real life history a little bit. So piracy. And I'm going to flush it a little bit with a little bit of fantasy. So in Pirates of the Caribbean, and I don't want to spoil anybody who hasn't seen it. I mean, if you haven't seen the whole thing by now, then I don't I kind of don't know what to tell you. It's kind of like Back to the Future. Like it no longer holds under the spoiler law. It's been out for how many oh, years yeah. now? You know, it's like been 20, long 20 plus yeah. years. Yeah. So 30, 40 years. So anyway, <laughs> like it's been 80 years. But anyway, <laughs> does does he get back to the future? <laughs> <laughs> you bozo hoverboards don't work on water unless you got power great scott marty great scott <laughs> oh man so many good lines anyway so the pirates of the caribbean films when all the pirate lords are together on that one island or when they're on the island of tortuga and it's just this tortuga. whole this whole vibe of just piracy and lawlessness i would love to see something that's based around piracy where there are whether it's something that they do, PvE particularly, or PvP would actually make more sense with piracy. There'd be a list of top five or top ten people, and those people form the council. And out of that council, they have to vote for one mayor. And so if you can imagine the level of under-double dealings and backstabbing that would take place and things that you could possibly see from a political standpoint, a place where there's just pure lawlessness with a skosh of, you know foundational politics i think that would be really cool to see something that just kind of brings in that whole piracy era and firebrand brings up a good point in chat maybe in an expansion there could be a new node type diplomatic nodes and this is kind of what i'm talking about right so because i know like economic nodes are a thing which was brought to our attention in chat um for sure like i get that but to be able to dive deeper into that political spectrum, I think, would be really, really cool. I mean, it happens in our real world every day. There's nothing but one side versus the other, and it's just, like, political sabotage <laughs> all the time. And I think it'd be really cool, and he continues, and you'd get access to special political abilities like spying and sabotage or rival nodes like that. That brings you back to some of the really cool RTS games, right, Sonny? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, anytime you can have that kind of uh, that kind of communication, I thought diplomatic nodes might have been in there. Which are the nodes where you get to elect the mayor? Because one of those ones you do yeah. uh, elect the mayor. So I'm I just looking science. up. Scientific node. That's right. You're right. I think that's the one. Um, because the node types here, according to the wiki, are divine, economic, military, and scientific. Yeah. Um, but the diplomatic note is basically your scientific note, right? You, that's that's the one where you're you're you have to sway voters to to vote for you. Um, but yeah, like diplomacy, and, and when it gets into that kind of stuff where it's like true Roman, you know, mm. like ancient Rome type of diplomacy, where the whole thing is diplomacy, and that's how the military the military works for the the various diplomats, and they have their private armies and stuff like that. You could do some super cool stuff with that, yeah. And and that is very much real world, you know, applicable. That existed for hundreds of years until eventually, you know, they kind of got weak and the barbarians came in and burned their town down. Uh, but yeah, absolutely would. Uh, that would apply totally. Damn mm. barbarians. I'll tell you one, one thing, though. The barbarians, they brought the freaking wow factor. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> Just Dead. burning and pillaging, and I'm not going to mention the other part of what came with that, but burning and pillaging is way more fun than yeah. boating, right? You mean the pa- you mean the fashion, right? Like yeah. the fashion that they brought. Yes. With the the yes. horns and the furs and the that was boots. It. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Skins and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it is interesting, though, Jibs, that you bring up the, the pirate thing, because I happen to be listening to a, I'm listening on Audible to a really cool pirate book right now. Um, I think it's called Blue Waters and Black Sails, and it really dives into what pirates were, where they came from, and the fact that not quite everybody hated pirates back at the time for the things that they did because they brought home a lot of booty, me, me hearty. So it was pretty, pretty damn cool. They brought some some wealth into a lot of that yeah, pretty pronounced cities such as New York and New York was like come on in and bring your booty spend your money here <laughs> it's it's pretty really? interesting oh yeah it is insanely interesting at how the history of piracy in our in our world helped to shape some of the modern cities that we have now it's just freaking nuts so that one that one really did interest me quite a bit but i know we're going to move on i know we want to move on okay stop though but I, the book is called Black Flags, Blue Waters, The Epic History of America's uh, Pirates. And it is by Eric J. Dolan. Correct. It's really cool. And actually, one of, one of our friends, uh, our death, uh, turned me on to that book. And I, I really do. I'm enjoying it awesome. immensely. So, okay. So speaking of the spirit of giving. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's funny. I laugh at my own jokes. Uh, we are, we are just, uh, we want to remind everybody that on November 4th, we are going to be doing our extra live stream next week. We're going to be announcing some additional things, uh, which is, which is pretty cool. But anyway, in a nutshell, we're doing our extra live stream on November 4th from noon to 8 p.m. EST. If you don't know what Extra Life is, Extra Life is a charity organization that was formed and is run by gamers where all of the proceeds go to uh, children's hospitals across the United States and Canada through the Children's Miracle Network. Anyway, what are we doing? We are doing a tabletop RPG live on Twitch. And we are going to be doing it in Dungeons and Dragons style, but we're going to be in the world of Vera. So it's going to be very special. We're working really, really hard. Jibs is working really, really hard, too, because he's going to be our our DM for the day. And I know that he's building a pretty incredible uh, quest for us and a pretty incredible system for us to work under. So come and join us November 4th, noon to 8 p.m. EST. Enjoy the fun. Help us give to the kids. Uh, and we just coincidentally happen to be um, working towards donating to Rady's Children's Hospital, which is in San Diego. They are closest to Intrepid Studios, and that is the hospital that they have chosen to also donate to. So you can help us out. And uh, yeah, that's about it on Extra Life. More to come. Going to be an awesome time. I can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be such a good It's getting closer. As a real quick thing, just note this one thing. We don't have a tank. It's going to get interesting. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's definitely going to get interesting. Yeah. Sonny's like, I'm going to be a bard. 
I got I got a loot. I'm going to bash you over the head with a musical Stand instrument for the best. Oh, that's so good. I can, I can give them a little ditty. <laughs> Maybe they'll get distracted. Foreign loot and shield over here. See how this goes. <laughs> Foreign loot and shield. <laughs> Thorn loot and shield. All right. Well, Cash yep. put it. Actually, we all, I think, kind of put out the, the, the word last week on voicemails. So we got a couple of voicemails here for you guys. The first one, just to preface, this first one, we're not sure who it's from. <laughs> and I think they had some bad signal, but we want to play it anyway. So this first one is from the Unknown Traveler. It's what we'll call them right now. Ooh. All right. Let's check this out. Hey, Jiz. Hey, Cash. Hey, Sonny. Uh, just got done listening to your character creation. Uh, the latest episode podcast. Uh, been following Jizz and Cat. Didn't realize y'all come from this. Glad I love hearing you guys. Always gives me a laugh. Y'all are doing a wonderful job. Keep up the good work and hope you are all doing well. Bye. I think that's Traylon. Yeah. That's Traylon? I'm pretty sure. I yeah. think Traylon's in chat too. I, I'm pretty sure that was you, my friend, if it is, and shout out in chat so we can give you proper credit. But thank you. That was really cool. Yeah. There was a little cutting out there, but we're picking up what you're putting down, man. Thank you. It's yeah. a lot of love. Yeah, very I'm much. I'm picking so. up what he's putting down because he said, I've been following Cash and JB, and then it cut out. But he hit the important parts. <laughs> so I, I see exactly what we're saying here. He's sunny. He knows sunny stuff was kind of lackluster. I think JB edited that. <laughs> I may know how to use audition. I don't know. Oh, uh, so anyway, Trillin, thank you so much. We appreciate the kind words. And second, we got uh, this is from Tested Weevil, our close friend and compatriot over at the Lore Forge community. Let's take a listen. Hey, Lore Forge, this is Tested Weevil. Always wanted to say this, long-time listener, first-time caller. Hey, uh, quick idea for you here for the podcast. Um, you're sitting in a boardroom. On the other side of you is Stephen Sharif and his development team. He gives you one minute to tell one thing you should miss in an MMO or one thing that absolutely should be in an MMO. He gives you all one minute. Good luck and have fun. Ooh, okay. Ooh. One minute, Stephen Sharif and, and his teams across from you. You have one minute. What's your elevator pitch? And I'm not going to give you any time to think because you didn't know this was coming in the meeting. Sonny, what is it? You're on the clock. First of all, if I only get one minute, if I'm invited into a boardroom, I am scooping donuts into a bag. <laughs> I'm going to take all the pens and the, the little notepads that they have. One minute in a boardroom? Come on. Come on now. All right. Here's how it goes. 40 seconds. So he asked for he, <laughs> he asked for something I'm going to skip and something I'm going to include. The thing that I'm going to skip is going to be damage meters and gear score. It's divisive. It's not role play e. I don't want it. Yeah, I don't need to have mods, etc. meaning that the gamers are just going to find that stuff. I don't need it. Give me a true RPG experience where I have to meet people, and then I have to find out whether or not I like to run dungeons with them, whether or not I like to run games with them. I don't want to exclude people I've never met because their gear score was 379 instead of 381. That is not the way that I want to play this game. Now, include reasons to go back to zones that I've already been to, particularly zones in like the early levels. Maybe not like the entrance entrance level, but like you blow through a zone from level 10 to 20 and you never go back. And there's so much effort and time put into those particular zones. Give me reasons to do that. Build it into the freehold system. Encourage metropolises to exist in places that are 
in lower level areas. You can do this by natural resources. You can do this by trade. You can do this by bonuses on all sorts of things. Just give me a reason to revisit the stuff that you guys have spent so much time crafting so that the only players that exist aren't just at the end game. I want them spread across the map. Glorious community member, Sonny, thank you for your one minute. We appreciate your, uh, we appreciate your feedback. Uh, the one next to him, the bald one uh, with the knife ears. Go ahead. Hi, Steven. <laughs> oh, no. Steven, I don't know if you remember me or not, but I've written in several things over the past few years. And I just, I really, really wanted to ask you if you wouldn't mind maybe just including underwater content inside your game. <laughs> this game's going to be really, 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 really cool. And I think a lot of people are very excited about it. But if I have to walk into any body of water and either A, only be able to get in that body of water up to my ankles, or B, walk into the ocean and sink to the bottom like I have rocks in my pockets, <laughs> I might have a little bit of a problem with that, and I might write the HR department, because um, that's going to bother me just a little bit. So that is one thing that needs to be included. Very, very wide and fun underwater content thank you and then the one thing that i think you should take out of games is i think if there's any people that try and do names that are not lore friendly like um let's say for instance somebody puts in um your mom six nine x x x six nine if that happens then those people should be immediately executed um, I don't know if you have the ability to do that, but maybe with AI that could that could do something. Okay, maybe we don't have to execute them, but could you kick them in the balls really hard and maybe ban them from the game? Thank you. I think you're great. You're doing a good job. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Wow, execution. Well done. I think for me, I'm going to go with because Sonny took your score. I think for me, uh, something to keep out of it is, and this may be divisive, but. I experienced it in Guild Wars 2 and I really liked it. Take out the leniency or dependency upon gear for PvP and make it more skill-based. Mm. That in itself proves to be very genuine PvP because then what you face is a class versus class instead of class and gear versus class. And sometimes not everybody gets all the gear. Sometimes it could be one other thing, whatever. Take the gear grind out and just make it more about skill. Again, no it's divisive. It's just a thought. Second, one thing I would like for them to include, and I know they're already, I think they're already doing this, but a transmog system that is based purely upon in-game currency for cost, for change. I am not a fan of games, uh, the growing, slightly growing thing that's happening in, in MMO gaming, where it is, you have to buy a currency that's its own thing, whether it's on a shop, or, in fact, Guild Wars had this too, um, currency that you could find in game it'd be rare but you could find in game but also you could buy it in a shop not into that keep it all in house keep it all within the currency that people have worked so hard to earn in your game like warcraft it's simple it's sweet to the point people look good they move on with their day let's not make a thing of something that doesn't even be a thing that's my spiel that's good i don't understand that either i hate games that have nine currencies it just drives me crazy right like i get why they get that way but man warcraft got that way for a while too where they yeah. just had so many currencies that were all stacked on top. And then you were like, for a new player that came in late to the game, you're like, what is the, what are these coins for? And somebody would tell you, it's like, oh yeah, those coins were only useful in 2012. Uh, they, you can't <laughs> use those anymore. I was like, oh, got it. Right. I'm glad I'm saving these. 
Guild Wars 2 is like that. Guild Wars 2 had a billion different currencies. Yeah, it was and confusing. That, that, that got very confusing. And then the, the game recently, most recently that I heard has a ton of currencies too, is, um, what was that? Top down one that people really like the Amazon one for a change oh, that people really liked. And then Lost, um, Lost Ark. Lost Ark. The port. Yeah, the port. Um, that one I heard had just an amazing amount of different types of currencies. And I don't like that either. I mean, you know, if you have a good five different types of currencies, maybe have some race based ones and some faction based ones, that's fine. But you, you got to kind of call it at that. You can't yeah. you can't have too much too much other currency because it really does dilute it now i don't mind if there's if there's a whole bunch of different faction um you know if there's factions that you have to build for that's fine in order to earn stuff but when it's just like all these different types of currencies that's it gets a little overload reputation i don't think is the same as currency for me though right like if you have to build reputation to get that that's fine you can rp that right with okay i gotta impress these guys and let them know that i'm like honored in their community before they'll sell me certain things totally get that it's when it's like okay for the 2013 halloween event we're gonna hand everybody these coins and then like you get these coins and now suddenly i've got these coins in my bag and i can't use them and they're just one of like a hundred different coins that i have yeah. Right. And it gets worse yeah. than that too, like outside of holiday events. If they're just adding stuff for expansions, then it gets real bad. So yeah, get get out of that game. Don't do that. You know the same notion though, like what you brought up, Sonny, with the gear score. I genuinely feel that way too. Like, forget the gear score thing. Yank that out. Yeah. There. Forget it. Why just get it out. That's a temporary thing that just constantly goes up, goes up, goes up until a point where you know you're gonna have to reset it or change the system altogether. Like, why are we even doing this? Take it out. Stupid. It's super annoying, too, when you're, like, trying to build groups and stuff like that. Because if you put a gear score out there, then that becomes the only thing that people look at. They don't care about anything else. Like, you yeah. get a number. And yeah. if your number is not X number, then who cares? Right? Yeah. And and so it becomes just a thing. I'd like to get it to be back to more of an RPG rather than that. Agreed. Like, make people join guilds, man. Like, uh, make people make friends. Anything? I will harp on this until Ashes comes out at launch. Any system you can design that will drive players to get together and play with each other is a bonus for me. Mm. So then let's talk. Let's talk about this for a minute, though. Let's okay. talk about this for one minute. So in we can talk about it for more than a minute. It's fine. I'm not limiting you on time. unlike other people. <laughs> um, when you have a game that has a gear score type of a system, which I'm not saying that I'm a fan of necessarily, but it does lend to the sense of progression. Okay, so you say you have an expansion that comes out in a couple years, or I'm not even going to call it expansion because it's so commercialized at this point. Additional content that comes out in, say, a year or two for Ashes of Creation after its launch. And the difficulty goes up. How do you justify not having some type of a system to increase your abilities and power in your character? Uh, it's kind of like Guild Wars 2 does. In Guild Wars 2, if you don't know, you can get the highest gear in the game and then, like, that's it. You don't have to get gear ever again because you are now at, like, that top echelon. But how does that lend to a sense of progression when newer content comes out? I'm not even saying that you can't get better gear. I'm saying I don't want visible gear scores. And I don't want visible DPS meters. 
That's what I'm saying. I don't want that information to be at the forefront for people to evaluate whether or not they should play with another person. The progression and the gear and the improvement and things like that is totally fine. You know, it is a thing that I do like in MMOs because you do get a really good feeling of satisfaction when you get a better piece of gear and when you've worked for something and you get that thing. Or if you, I mean, even if you're like a person like me, right, that plays a very economic game and I save up a bunch of money and then I'm able to buy a piece of gear that is a very special piece of gear. That's rewarding to me. What I dislike is when you have the random group finders and things like that, that is just like Bob's a 279, but Ed's a 281, you know? And you're like, screw Bob. Bob doesn't know yeah. what he's doing. Bob's out. Sorry, Bob. I know, but I don't like that. Um, I, I don't I, either. It, it just, it's, it's something that's always bothered me. And it's the same thing that bothers me with the DPS meters, right? Like DPS meters to me are such a, such a limited scope of viewing what a person is doing inside a dungeon, right? If you're a person that's a utility player and they're doing a bunch of things to mitigate problems for other people, that's not going to appear on a DPS meter. And and I dislike when they make uh, I dislike when they make judgments about stuff based purely on that kind of thing. That's just me. Now keep in mind that I'm not like a hardcore raider, and there are going to be people out there. Um, Neptune is a guy like this. And he wants all of that stuff because he wants to rip through the basic content. He wants to get to the end game and he wants to start to knock out end game checkboxes, right? And the most efficient way to do that is to give everybody a big score and you take those things. I don't like that. I want more of a role play game experience that is less dependent on that kind of stuff. Jibs, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> well, after I cough all my whiskey out, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Goodness. I think for me, I'm going to play Devil's Devil's Advocate. I don't want to know, I don't need to know um, gear score at all, like like Sonny was saying. And the same notion when I when I see in chat talk about progression, go back to the old school days. You get in a dungeon, maybe go off health pool. How much health does this person have? That may be an indicator if they have enough to beat this dungeon, enough firepower in their gear, their gear to deal with this dungeon. I don't want to know personally. I don't. I would like to. Just go full on, full on RPG mode. Let's just go in there and, you know, assuming you have some gear, but you don't really know where you stand in that dungeon until you get in there. And then you get in there and you realize, oh, wow, I'm hardly doing any dungeon or any damage or wow, I'm dying very quickly. I may be under geared for this. I don't need to know what needs to be required of me to do this thing. I would rather keep it open and truthfully a little bit more social in that regard with discussions with people in game about and you know what we could do here maybe some things to consider what you should do to help prep yourself for something i don't know if this would work i'm just saying you know it'd be different than nice to have and as they go in progression through expansions why not just increase the boss difficulty whether it's health pools or the harder they hit the more that you have to withstand with health whatever it is but remove all the crutches the visual crutches and let the gameplay do this talking. So then if there's no gear score, if there's no measurable gear score, how do you think progression and bettering your character is going to work in Ashes? Like, wh- like what would be, if you had your choice of how you would want gear progression or character progression to work in Ashes, then how would it be? I think it'd be just the same as any MMO experience that we played before. So like Cashew and I both are doing Warcraft right now. Take the gear score out of it. You just improve your gear. 
you're all, you know, you're improving your person through leveling, through achievement, through your in-game experience and things that you're achieving with your character and, you know, gear drops, all that. I think that, that just keeping it simple, the kiss method, you know, keep it simple, stupid, just keep it super, super simple is what it is. Your stats benefit you. And when you get into PVP, take all that away. And it's pure skill. It's kind of where I'm at. You know, I do like that thought. Go ahead, here's son. an answer with the PVP thing, too, right? Like, okay, so how do you put people in brackets for PVP if they don't have a gear score, right? How do you do that kind of stuff? MMR. Win-loss, right? Like, yeah. m- matchmaking. Yeah. You, if you got people that are crushing, great, you know? They should be rewarded for that. It doesn't It doesn't matter what their number is, whether or not you want to group with those people. You should look at their win-loss type of situation in a PvP realm. Like, how are they doing against good competition? How are they doing against bad competition? Those kind of things are, uh, those are more rewarding for me. But even that, like, that's a, that's a compromise I guess I'd take. I'm not really interested in any of those things being visible. I don't really feel like I need those kind of things to be visible. That's the point. It's not that you can't get better gear. I encourage a system to, to reward people with better gear. I just don't want that to be something that you're able to filter out groups based on that as a as a quick method of of getting into groups. I don't like that. I'm I'm going to tend to agree with both of you on this. I'm I'm not a, I would like to see stuff go back to old school. And I really would like to see the gear score thing go away because and for me it's it's less of a sense of um just having that one optic to to measure whether or not you take somebody in a group mine is more along the lines of I don't want to see anybody left out the the big part that I have such an issue with is that if if somebody is not doesn't have a gear score that's good enough they flat out get left out where I think a better community building thing is to regardless of any gear score or anything bring that person in with you if the person is faltering or is dying assist that person give them some advice help them along the lines of what can we do to bring your gear score up i don't like to see guilds groups friends broken apart because of stuff like that some people have different skill levels some people have different time that they can avail to the game i would like to see people coming together to help each other get better as opposed to just completely blocking out somebody from some form of content because of their ability to either A, do it, or B, uh, the time commitment that it's going to take in Ashes in order to get good gear. At some point, there does need to be a line, though, right? You can't take a level 30 into level 50 content and expect they're going to do well. You're going to have to use common sense here. And I do have one thing that I wanted to read, and this is from our death in chat. I guess I'm in the minority here. But hard work, either in real life or in the gaming, or in gaming, should be rewarded. Higher geared, more experience is going to get the slots for the higher tier end game and PvE content. I hear both sides, though, just not sure how to balance. And that's where devs come in, because hopefully they've had enough time with MMOs. They understand balance a little bit better than the average player. But, you know, I agree there, too. That so, really is it's a good trick. topic of conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That really is the trick with this game is balance. We come back to that more often than I think we realize, whether it's we're talking class design or we're talking events, um, like the world events. It all It's always seeming to come back to balance in one way or another. 
So I think overall that that's going to be one of those things where, you know, whenever we get an alpha two, like stuff like this that we're talking about, all these things are on the table for testing. In my opinion, the seat, we know seasons are going to be on the table for testing. How long seasons should be, you know, what that looks like, um, everything. And truthfully, that's going to be, you know, a fun time to test. But anyway, good discussion. I, man, that was a really, really, really good question. Weevil, um, sorry with Weevil's question. <laughs> And more than what? Is that where that started? That's yep. <laughs> Eighty-four years ago. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, thank you guys so much, uh, Traylon, and which I believe it's Traylon and Testa Weevil, and of course MN thirty-five eighty-six for your submissions. We got more voicemails in the back too, so we'll bring those back. So development live stream announcement. This is coming to us from the AOC official X profile. I guess we'll now call it X instead of Twitter. Doesn't we calling it X? Do we have I, to call it? I don't X? want to. Yes, we do. Like we have to. Here we go. Okay. I'm pretty you sure you t- can't just go x.com and get to the right place. Can we right? say the the platform formerly known as Twitter? I'm going to type this in. What happens when you go to x.com? Don't do that. Angels, angels fly out of the background. Seems dangerous. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, That's, my God. It goes to Twitter. Yeah, it's a company dude. name. Yeah, but I've they own x, the letter.com. I wonder how much that cost. Can't be cheap. I'm pretty sure they're good. (laughs) All right. So anyway, this coming to us from uh, AOC's official X profile development live stream announcement. Quote, our next development live stream featuring an Alpha 2 caravan system preview is coming to you live on Tuesday, October 31st, 2023 at 11 a.m. Pacific. For those of you on the Eastern Coast like me, that is 2 p.m. EST. You have a question and we have an answer. Share it in the link above. Okay, so. Alpha 2 Caravan System, boys. That's what we're getting this month. Pretty exciting. There's a lot of rumors this one was coming. Yeah? Yeah. I look forward to this. Where do you yeah. hear all these rumors? I never hear these rumors. Yeah, was this back alley deals? On X? On X. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm trying to hold a straight face. Come on. <laughs> I know. I'm terrible at social media. I don't even know where to look, to be honest. <laughs> terrible. All these new fandangled phones and all the letters and buttons. <laughs> like the old cranky uh, lady on the corner. Oh, my goodness. I was at the, uh, we had a we had an event with the fire department, and um, it ended up with like two of the three shifts at the bar. And so we're at the bar, and one of the battalion chiefs is just looking over at one of our new firefighters, and she's a 20-year-old uh, female, and she's texting, and she's just flying. And the look on this battalion chief's face of watching a 20-year-old text at high speed with both thumbs moving like at the speed of light, he was just like <laughs> blown away. It was like, why? It was like watching a person write the program to land the shuttle on the moon or something like that. <laughs> it's just like, what is happening? How, how is this? Are those words coming out? Like, it's just, no human could process like that. <laughs> I, I absolutely feel his, his reaction because, as you know, I have a 19-year-old daughter, and oh. she is amazing. She's way better than me with the phone, and I thought I was pretty damn techie. But you know what she's not good at, at knowing about? Caravans. She doesn't know about caravans. Oh. So we're, so oh, we're, we're going to parlay back into caravans <laughs> here because this one's going to be really freaking fun. I really hope they nail this one. There's been a little a little concern about some of the other ones, like uh, the the uh, Node one. They uh, Some people were like, 
they got too much into the into the mayoral things. There wasn't enough about the nodes. Well, so, I kind of agree with I him a little that. bit. I heard that. I don't think they're I, entirely I wrong. It. Don't think bro, they're right, but bro, bro, there were cloaks, and there was those cloaks, the cloaks were majestic. The wind. I mean, yes. that was all get out, man. Resplendent, if, even. Uh, even. If there were any smoke and mirrors at all during that one, it was absolutely the cloaks because they were like, okay, it's been exactly like 46 minutes. Like, when are they going to... I'm expecting them to talk about... Oh, my God, look at that cape. <laughs> I just want to touch it. I just, what does it mean? I can feel. Feel. <laughs> what does this feel? mean? Just, you just touch the, touch the fuzzy wall. Touch the fuzzy wall. Here's a little wind. Here's a cape wrapping around a leg. And everybody was just like, ooh, <laughs> ah, <laughs> nodes what? Yep. Anyway, I'm, I'm very, very excited for the caravan system because this, again, is a, it's a cornerstone of, of the game. A lot of people are super excited about all the mechanics that are going to surround caravans, including getting items from point A to point B to either sell, trade, um, uh, you know, caravans are, are tied to the mayoral system. Caravans are, are very deeply tied to the node system. And at the same time, caravans are most definitely the low-hanging fruit for PVPers. Oh, yeah. You talk about flanks and political intrigue. How much of that's going to probably start on the road on a caravan? So-and-so. Rowd. It's such a weird, a weird, a weird word. <laughs> Say it. Rowad. <laughs> uh, okay. Caravans. There are two things in Ashes of Creation that get me really excited. One of them is the... Uh, no, okay, it's three things. One of them is freeholds, because freeholds are awesome. Two is the, the systems behind the mayoral stuff and the nodes and what you can build in there. And... Three is caravans. Caravans are so important. Like Cash said, they are integral to the game. But for an econ guy in a game, these caravans are everything, right? This is how do I get large volumes of goods from A to B? What is the mechanic behind this thing? Do I have to pay people to guard these things? Are there going to be like people just showing up out of the blue? Do they get attacked a lot? Do they get attacked? Eh, not very much. You know, how much can I, can I do this? Like what level of military operation do I have to do? And do I have to do it in like the dark of night to get my goods from, from A to B? There's so much in the caravan system that can be tweaked to make this a fantastic game. It's it's a big deal. It's not a little deal. This is not like this is bigger than combat for me, honest to god. Like it is it is enormous how they're going to lay out the caravan system because I honestly think that it it will dictate a lot of the stories that we tell to each other about the game. You know, like when we get together at the tavern, we're like, OK, here's the here's the plan. We're going to run a caravan from A to B. We're going to put a crap load of this stuff in there and we're going to sell it for a fortune when we get there. Or we're going to build all of this stuff. The mayor needs us to do this. This is how we're going to do it. And that'll those are going to be the stories that we tell. It won't be like 
Oh, uh, remember the time that we knocked out that like the the pre-programmed boss for the 67th time? No, it's going to be these cool caravan stories or when we organize a, like a little rogue group and we do guerrilla warfare on somebody else's caravan to try to oh. stop them. My God, that is like that's Christmas, right? For a PVP -er. Those are the kind of things that are the best. So this system is an enormous deal to me. Oh, I agree. Talk about low hanging fruit for PVPers and the most exciting thing. Um, hello. We PVPers love fresh meat. We mm -hmm. love when the moment I don't care what game you're in, when you're doing any kind of PVP and you hit somebody with ability and you just watch a chunk of from one ability, a chunk from their health go away. It's just like blood in the water because, you know, ooh, they don't have gear. It is on. So stuff like that just totally feeds you. And so a thousand percent agree. A thousand percent agree. It's going to it's going to be huge for PVPers. Yeah. Thank God for being able to mouse over somebody and see their gear score before you attack them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Steven. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, Net brings up uh, in chat brings up a great. Point, and this is some of the stuff I was talking about uh, last show of the show before. But Nepson says, caravan at 2 a.m. for the win. And it's like, exactly. Mm -hmm. That is when, yeah. that is when you blokes are going to get the ping because the old man's <laughs> going to be up and some some crap's going to go down and you're going to get those texts. <laughs> so I'm telling you right now, like, if your phone is set to silent mode or ignore, you're going to hear about it in the morning because like, dudes... There's some shiz going down. You had better get your butt up because we're protecting the node now. Those are the experiences. I'm not saying that I like a lack of sleep because I don't. I'm just saying those are the experiences, like you were saying, Sonny, that you're going to talk about when we're all in Vegas or we're all at some freaking Loreforged meetup and we're going to be hanging out. We're going to be throwing some back and be like, man, do you remember about the great <laughs> caravan run from... <laughs> Schnibble schnob to XL City in 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 Ot, in Ot 23. And man, we're just going to get to having a freaking blast talking about how that thing went down and how all of Sonny's resources never made it to their intended destination and somehow ended up in some deep freaking mountain in Nakua territory or in uh, in Dunir territory. And Deathskeeper's got a great point here. Bandit guilds, right? Oh, yeah. Like you oh, could yeah. have a whole guild dedicated to hitting caravans. For God's sakes, that's like practically real life. Like that's, those kind of things actually existed. I think that's awesome. And truthfully, if we were not content creators and it could look, you know, a place where it wouldn't look bad all forced. Yeah. I would a thousand percent probably do that because that sounds like a ton of fun. You're oh my land gosh. pirates. You're just land, land pirates. pirates. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Why not? Right. And you talk about pirates. Think about the caravan system for those that are in the water. We're only talking land right now, but there's also going to be sea caravans as well. So Sea of Thieves fans, eat your heart out because... Whether you're on land or sea, stuff's going to go down. So, Sonny, I do have a question for you in regards to this. Okay. So, you have invested a significant amount. You've been voted in. You're mayor of an economic node. Thank you. Took you. Some, someone had invested a private investor. I'd like to thank all the people nope, that supported no one voted. me. <laughs> Shut your mouth. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you meticulously go through the financials. You're getting everything ready. You know, you want to make sure that you're doing right by the people. You've just been voted in. 
Mm-hmm. You are in mm-hmm. desperate need of materials from mm-hmm. Schnibblesnob over there on the on the west. All Man. right. <laughs> Taking that from cash. So God, though that town just is like the only game in town. It's man. a German town. You gotta it's, get it from Schnibbelschnapp. It's, it's a German town. It just happens. So anyway, uh-huh. way over in the west is Schnibbelschnapp, and you gotta get this caravan over there. From me to you, someone who I truthfully see more as an economist now than a PvPer, genuinely. You seem to spend most of your time there. <laughs> so this is true. Yeah. How do you handle this when your caravan gets wiped out by a bandit guild that's related to a town from the east that wants your financials. <clears throat> okay, so you're asking me, like, how am I going to handle it with the town? Like, do I know who like, took out respond? the caravan? Yeah, you, okay, you so, know who took out the caravan. It came from a town from the east. You were heading west. So this is all about the mechanics, right? Like, this is like warfare. When they look at warfare and you read a book on warfare, some people are looking for just... Big picture, like, easy solutions to winning wars. And the answer is that it's never that, right? It's all about logistics. It's all about organization. It's all about how do you feed an army? How do you do these kind of things? So the, the trick to all of this stuff is going to be, how do I get people to defend my caravans getting from here to here? I'm going to have to pay out on that. That's, like, the only answer on that kind of thing. But... I also want to discourage people from hitting my caravans. If I discourage, you get two ways to do it, right? You either hide it, you do the 2 a.m. caravan, which is absolutely going to happen, or you do it the other way, and you make it so painful for them to hit your caravans that they just don't want to do it. But that's really, really hard to do, right? So it's got to be, there's all sorts of different ways to do this, and they're all fun, right? Scorched earth absolutely right (laughs) you you if i find out that a like another mayor hit my caravan from another town oh you better believe that we are going to employ all the social media and i'm going to make videos and we're going to go after that person but like there's just a million a million little ways to get what you want to get accomplished in here and it's all about the tools that intrepid is going to give us the more tools you give gamers the more creative they are in the way that they accomplish the things that they want to do. And on top of the mechanics that I, that I, I, I really hope that they show, right? There, there's at some point, probably at the beginning of it, they're going to start at the caravansary and they're going to uh, probably be taking a, a load of goods from point A to point B, right? On top of all of that, I, I really hope that they they touch on in this showcase. I hope that they touch on the things that we are talking about, the potential for content that is made by the character surrounding the caravan system. One of the things that that you guys had brought up earlier is entire guilds that are dedicated to the basically bandits, to the, the piracy of these caravans, right? Who's to say that somebody else can't come right after that and build some type of a mercenary guild that's dedicated to the protection of these caravans? There you go. So now you have for a hire, mayor that I right? for hire. So you have a mayor that a mayor of a node that has to transport things from from point A to point B, or a high level crafter that has to that wants to do trade and has to transport goods that are only available in this node to 
a location where those goods are not available so he can maximize his profit. You're going to have to privateer out protection in order to get those goods to where you want them to be. That is an entire other premise for another guild or a sect of a guild. Say you have a very large guild. They're going for that 300 person guild or it's 300, right? Yeah, for the larger guild. Yeah. 300. Well, maybe you have a division or a branch of said guild that is dedicated to policing the roads or patrol of the roads. You run patrols every night. You know, because you've been in touch with that mayor at when uh, or in touch with your local crafters when those caravans are moving. Not a lot of people know when those caravans are moving. So maybe you're launching dummy caravans. Where are the goods? Right. I'll, I'm going to take this. I'm going to go one step further on this. Organized crime. Oh, it'd be yes. a real, it'd be a real shame if, uh, say, your uh, caravan ran into a couple potholes and you know managed to lose all the goods. You should probably pay somebody for some protection for for said caravan. You know, I mean, it's a dangerous place out there in Vera. <laughs> that sounds like an offer I can't refuse. Son, you should lay off the whiskey before you record. <laughs> <laughs> the accents get real hard as the night goes on. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? So now you have an organized crime guild that says, like, if you pay us for protection, we will protect you from all of these other uh, mafia organizations. These are these bandits, everything like that. But if you don't pay us, you're going to wish you had. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that a lot. Muslim. I really do think that that if they if they really want to to win hearts and minds on this one, and it, like obviously that's what that's what we're talking about. What do they need to make this successful to bring more people into into ashes and just start bringing people into the space that are just like okay now this these are some systems that I can really get behind and and just really start beefing up that um, that pre launch or pre alpha. No, I guess I can't say pre-alpha. Pre-alpha two interest in this game. You start bringing more people in. If they can do a really fun mix with this preview of the mechanics of how this is going to work and the potential of player-made content, I think that is going to just be an absolute winner because it's such a cornerstone of the game. Yeah, I agree. I think this is one of those development showcases that they know that they need to they need to nail. Because it's been something that's been shown, gosh, since day one, I believe. Wasn't it in the Node? I think it was in the first Node YouTube video. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, some of the best footage. Oh, agreed. Some of the most, the coolest footage is of the caravans. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah, so I look forward to seeing it. Truthfully, I'll be, I bet they simulate a raid. I bet you see a simulated, you know, what happens when XYZ takes place. What happens if you don't pay your... Yeah, your mafia crew <laughs> for that protection, you know. God, that's such a good idea, though. I hadn't really thought about that, but like, yeah, bandit guilds seem so obvious. Okay, mercenary guilds. You got a guild out there that's offering a flat fee for the protection of caravans. They say, we'll bring, you know, we will protect your caravan or you're not going to pay us. But if we protect your caravan, you're going to pay us. Uh, and that's awesome. That, I mean, that is just so awesome. You give us those kind of tools, give us half up front, and if we protect the caravan, then uh, you give us the other half. 
Firebrand in chat says Varen Brotherhood of Teamsters is going to be a Mafia Guild CA coming already. <laughs> Transport, man. Teamsters all the way. This is going to be so oh, great. Lovely. I love uh, I love Weevil's comment, too. Uh, Moose and Rocco can help you find your coin purse. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the accent I was looking for. There Where was you that? Got it. Well, you, instead of Italian, you went Russian, so well done. Well done. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. So, man, I can't wait to see this. And, of course, we'll be covering it next week on the show, which I don't have my calendar in front of me. I'm not sure when we're recording. So, anyway, follow us on our socials on our X profile at... Overforged HQ for more. Gentlemen, roundtable discussion. It's the highlight of the evening. Dun, dun, dun. It's the million dollar question. Is lore slash story, because whenever some people hear lore, they automatically flip their switch to off. So we're also going to include story <laughs> important. Is it yes or no? I went to Sunny last time, so I'm going to go to cash here. Ten seconds. Or I less. think if any, <laughs> I think if any, yeah. Good luck. This is the one thing that you cannot put a time limit on. I know that we're going long on the show, and that's totally fine. But this is one thing you can't put a time oh, limit on for me. Absolutely, is Lauren's story because it is. It absolutely just strums my heartstrings uh, when it comes to games, and it doesn't matter if it's an MMO or a single player game or whatever. It's a story is at the heart of my love for games. Um. I absolutely think that the answer to that is yes. And, and where this question really came from was our, our good friend Burns over at Ashes of Relation had uh, he recently came to us and asked if we would answer a question on uh, for one of his latest videos. And I think the video came out really, really fun. Um, so if you haven't checked out Ashes of Relation on YouTube, then please go ahead and do so because he's really putting out some really fun stuff. But anyway, you know, my sentiment for sure was absolutely yes i mean it it is it's a huge huge part of games and like for me there's there's some there's several things that go into why it is so important but the the one thing for me is immersion mm. i mean i truly truly think that if you are able to immerse yourself in the world that you are that you're playing in that sandbox that you're playing in then it 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 just helps to provide a really good sense of location and context and and story and it brings your game to life it brings you to some believable place that you actually you can get behind what you're doing if the main quests in a game are all built around that immersion and that that sense of you all have one thing to work towards for the greater good of this particular zone, the greater good of what's going on in this world. It's going to bring you to a place of ease in completing a lot of the quests. Now, side quests are kind of a different story, but it's still those side quests even help paint the picture of what the world is doing. And I, I kind of I brought one thing up in his video, and that thing was if Frodo did not have a ring to destroy at the for the reason of saving middle earth like that's a pretty big reason to step out your front door right otherwise who wants to go i wouldn't want to go why would you unless there was something big like that happening and look at all when you really look at it, if you take lord of the rings the story of the fellowship and you take that 
and you turn it into all these little side quests all over the place. Okay? There's an epic quest, but there's a bunch of little side quests that you have to go and do. And they immersed you in Middle Earth. They made you want to continue watching. And that's what I think these games need to do. You have this main story. You have your epic quest that you're on, but you are going to run into others that are going to need your help because you've obviously identified yourself as somebody who's capable. So lore to me, really, it really does bring your motivation, helps to build the world. It helps you develop your own character. So for me, it's it's a must have. Yeah, I don't know how I follow that. Uh, <laughs> this is the problem of following cash on something with Lauren. I'm sure it's the same way with following me on something with economy. Like, it's his thing. Like, it's, it absolutely makes sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense that Frodo, forget Frodo, why would Sam ever leave? <laughs> like, right? Sam didn't want to leave in the first place. Yeah. He was bullied. He got bullied along by a bunch of other little hobbits to go do this thing. <laughs> He had to drag Frodo and practically throw him into the mountain at the end of it. So uh, yeah, it, it is, it is everything right. And it, and it comes in different flavors. Like we're all past the point of kill 10 rats in the basement. Like if you send me to kill 10 rats, it better be a funny story at the end of it because we're not just killing 10 rats because that's what we want. That's like lazy lore. And we don't need that anymore. We're, we're so far past that we are, higher developed MMO gamers. We want stories. We're dying for stories. Weevil said it. He's like, we already want to play your game. Now just tell us a story. Mm. And it, it goes a long way with me. If I know what the story is like, I want to know the characters. And for me, the best way that I found is the things outside of the game. It's the books that come with the game. It's the card games that come with the game. It's the other stuff. I'm going to take one here for you. And I'm going to give you an example of a game that did it really well. And it's not SWOTOR. SWOTOR, of course, did it well, right? SWOTOR, they're, they're lore guys. They get that. But everybody knows it's SWOTOR. Here's the one that... I think is doing it extremely well that doesn't get enough credit. And that's the Witcher. Okay. The Witcher is amazing. It started with books. They made a fantastic game that encapsulated the feeling of the books. It encapsulated that universe in a really, really special way that just made you feel like you were in that place. Like it was windy and it was dark and you just had emotions that went through but then they had the game, the card game, Gwent with it. You know, they had all of this stuff. They have the series on Netflix with Henry Cavill. Cavill? And, and yeah, that guy. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and it's fantastic, you know? And now they've got like branches on branches and stuff like that. And that universe is really coming together from a lore standpoint. And so now when you do that kind of stuff in the game, you like... It's cool. You see the towns and you're like, that's cool. You see the characters. That guy's cool. I know that guy. It's like Warcraft. When you read a book about the Archmage and then you see Archmage Antonitis in the game, you're like, holy cow. I know this guy, right? Without that kind of stuff, without lore, it doesn't exist. You miss all of those moments. And then it's just, I mean, what is it? It's, I don't know. Call of Duty, like it just—it's just a mindless 
go kill rats. Without lore, there is no MMOs. There's no RPGs. I agree. I like that you brought The Witcher into this, and I'm really curious to see what... Jibs, what are your thoughts? I want, I want to hear from you. Like, what are your... What are your thoughts on what games did it the best and then transition right into what games you think just completely pooped the bed on more? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's it's kind of funny because I am lore to me is extremely important. It's it's the why to why you're there. It's you know, if you take all the story, like you were saying, cash out of the Lord of the Rings, it's hobbits living day to day life. What are we doing here? You know, like it's, there has gardening. to be a why. One of my favorite things to do, I, I do this often at work because I'm constantly, I'm trying to write a book and a fa- particularly a fantasy book. And I'm working through world building concepts all the time. Like, eh, if this one sticks, okay, maybe I'll keep working on it. If not, then not so much. For your extra life, one of the main things I love to do is world build for you guys. So when you sit down, it's, this world has now become alive to you, you know, and it's fully at your fingertips. Go live in it. So like that to me is world building is so incredibly important and it's so much lore there that people can partake. And that's what Lord of the Rings was, the whole experience. Truthfully, a lot of things that you saw and the references they made was from world building. It wasn't the things that you saw on the screen. It was things that were referenced. And, you know, it's just so it's just so incredibly important. And so when it comes to games that have have done it well or have done it the best. okay, Star Wars The Old Republic was pretty awesome. I mean, we all enjoyed the story. That was, you know, whether you the argument could be made, there was a ton of lore we knew going into it that helped it. You know, if that wasn't there, would it still been have awesome? As awesome? I don't know. But, but just real quick caveat, everybody knows Star Wars lore, but not everybody knew or there wasn't a whole lot of Old Republic lore. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Very fair, and I agree. Very fair. I think the second one to that, the granddaddy in the room at this point, probably the thousand pound elephant still to this day is World of Warcraft. The The lore on Azeroth is just so stupidly deep. I have so many books like the Azeroth fairy tale book, the, the book on the history of the Eastern Kingdoms, books on book one, two and three of, you know, of all the all the stuff on Warcraft, that and more like it just it's such it's so deep and something that has had time to cook properly for years, decades, even that mm-hmm. has allowed it to be in this place, right? And so really any game, in my opinion, if the IP is properly built over time, invested in over time, it can achieve that, what Worldcraft has done. What they did was not monumental. Anybody can do that. The problem is that you need the years and the love and the dedication to that thing for this long to get you there. Next year, it's 20 years of, of Warcraft. I mean, you know, so hello, or 30 years, I'm sorry, of Warcraft. 20 years of, was it, World of Warcraft? I don't know. Anyway, so... God, I'm getting old. <laughs> I know. That was a terrifying statement. So, yeah, I mean, it's just... <laughs> there's that... I think the next thing is what games did not do it well. The unfortunate one is, truthfully, to me, is New World. It, it struggled at the onset of its launch with lore. And mm-hmm. it was something that... It had it had more time to properly cook, I think you would have seen better. Where you see it now, it's night and day different. You know, when you step in a new world now, there's lore. There is a why to why you're doing that quest. There is backstory. There is things that there's layers. <laughs> it's like an onion trick. Lore is like an onion. It has good layers. <laughs> you know, and and I think New World's one of the ones that that truthfully 
stood out, stands out to me. I mean, even for as brief as it was around Wildstar, they did good lore. You know, it ended up closing down probably way before its time. The MMO was way before its time, whatever. But, you know, they did good lore there. And I'm trying to, to think if there was any other MMO that, that may have struggled in that department. But truthfully, I think it comes down to, for me, Star Wars Old Republic and probably World of Warcraft. I can think of one that missed the mark real quick, Cash. Um, the, right at the end of, like, the beginning of Warcraft, for me, Warhammer came out with an MMO. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was a big one. And... I thought that they really missed the mark on on selling me Warhammer's lore because I was interested in it and I was playing the game and it just did not grab me at all. So that uh, that was a missed one right there. And I don't know, like I never really got into Warhammer after that, but I was there. They had me. They had me playing their game and they, they couldn't land the hooks on me. Here's one that I think is absolutely hitting the mark. And that is the League of Legends team. Uh, Riot with their stuff is just knocking it out right now. And they are building lore as we speak. And they haven't been around forever, right? That's just a game where they just had characters with thin backgrounds. And now they just keep, keep putting layers on it, layers. And then you have Arcane and everything like that. And all of a sudden, I'm super into it. Uh, So that's a game that's, that's, that's doing well. We almost made a show in that world. Because of all that lore. And we could, you know, and like we could we because did. there was enough there for us lore guys to be able to do that. That's crazy. That started out as a MOBA not very long ago. And uh, and now look at where they are. Yeah. 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 They have, a, they have a ton of potential to really just grab a hold of that and just knock that one out of the park um, with their MMO. But if you're going to ask me. I think I think some, at least one of these answers might might surprise you a little bit. But if I this is not the one. If I did not give my my love and my credence to Elder Scrolls, that whole entire franchise, I think I would probably become a target for the freaking Morag Tong because we <laughs> lived in that world for for a good the the good majority of three years and. The one thing that we always said is that we will never run out of content to cover because their wiki is absolutely wildly bonkers, in the words of Sunny. Um, so Elder Scrolls, for sure, I think is one of the ones that has that has done it best. And the storytelling in Elder Scrolls Online is fantastic. It's not quite to the level of Star Wars The Old Republic because I just don't think that there is a better storytelling in a game out there ever from a company better than Bioware. I just think they crush it. Yeah. Um, the other one for for me, and uh, the other one, I guess the reason for Elder Scrolls is because Elder Scrolls was so, everything was, was voice acted. Like you can't, you're not going to find another game where every single quest is completely um, voice acted other than that and SWOTOR. Um, a single player game, Dark Souls, I think did it very, very well. I think they have a very rich and immersive world where they tell the story very, very well. And so so that one is definitely one I like. Now, this is the interesting part. One that for me hits both the best and worst list is New World. I have two, two reasons for this. We played New World at launch. We gave New World time to cook and we came back to New World. The thing I love about New World is that they tell the story 
now very, very well. And if you take the time, I always talk about stopping to smell the roses. You take the time to read through those lore pages, you'll find it becomes very interesting how that world came together. And there was a time where we were very interested in the cryptic things they were saying. We were coming up with ciphers to to try and come up with uh, like little tiny points of interest. They or not points of interest, but uh, points of intrigue that they would put in some of the pictures that they were releasing to uh, translating some of the Latin that was written on the stuff. And I really did enjoy the mixture of real world history with the lore that was that was there in the game. Now, at launch, they didn't tell the story very well. There just wasn't a lot there. So New World makes both my worst and best list because I think they're 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 starting to figure that stuff out. Um, you guys hit on some of my best ones. Another one that I did want to mention, two more that I want to mention on the games that did not do it well. Black Desert Online Oof. completely just, they screwed it up. For such a fantastic game, the story at launch, which has since evolved a bit and gotten better, but it's still not very good at the way they told the story of their world. Their game was very much mechanic-heavy, which was great. The mechanics were fantastic. Um, like their caravan system and stuff was really, really cool. The combat system obviously is just fantastic, but their storytelling was terrible. This one may surprise you more than anything. I think the worst one on my list for telling a story is Star Wars Galaxies. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. I figured I'd get that out of you. For as much as I loved the game, but it just goes to show for ha- for as bad as their storytelling and quest system was, I loved more the fact that you could build your own story mm. in that mm-hmm. game. So I hope both are there for Ashes of Creation. I hope they tell a great story. And I do think that they are going to, because I remember back when the Carfin preview was out there. When they did the Carfin preview, I keyed in on one of the things that one of the developers said. They were talking about the story of the area, and the dev said, I, I, I apologize because I forget who it was that said this, but he said, do you want me to keep going? Because we can go all day. Yeah. And they were talking about lore, and I just went, hmm. That is a very interesting point he brings up. And I wonder how many people caught on to that Yeah, because it's sound. They were talking about statues and who the statues were of and what their history in the world was. And I just thought if that, if what he said was true, I can, we can go all day on this. That tells me that there is such a deep story, deep seated into Vera that we're going to have to discover that they are taking those cards and just going, we're going to keep that right there. And you guys are going to discover this once you're playing the game. Yeah. That, that really added to my excitement. I've seen a couple things, like a couple of videos where they, you know, they're looking in a dungeon and the architecture is like, and here represents the triumvirate of this. And then here's like some stuff over here. And so they, they, they've got that stuff that's building into it. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see, 
how much of that we get and how much we are having to discover ourselves. They don't seem like the kind of development team that's going to lead us by the nose to all of these things and like, look at this. And now here's a big exclamation point and look at this. Uh, they, I feel like they're going to make us earn it a little bit more, but it's, I feel like it's there too, right? Like I feel like they are the kind of team that has put the thought in and they're building it in there for uh, guys like us that are going to discover it at later points. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. I love, this is such a great discussion. I don't like, I don't ever want to let this go. I want this to go another 13 solid hours because I love talking about this stuff with you guys. And this, like, this is our wheelhouse. Laura is our wheelhouse. So I'll tell you what, in, yep. in the interest of time, because I know we're going long. Some people are going to love it. Some are going to hate it. Okay, let's close with this. I'm going to start with you, Sonny. Oh, boy. What is your most memorable lore moment in any game you've played? It doesn't have to be an MMO. It can be any game you've ever played. Your most memorable moment in regards to lore and story. Probably meeting Thrall. Meet and Thrall in, uh, in Warcraft was a big deal. Like, just right off the top of my head, you spring this question on me, and I'm like, man, I read that book on Thrall in Warcraft, and I loved it, and then I found him in-game, and he was sitting in, the like, the war chief room, and I'm like, that's freaking Thrall right there, right? Now, if I hadn't read that book, I run into that guy, and I'm like, this guy's name is Thrall. <laughs> Right, like, I don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> but, yeah. but after reading that book, I was just like in awe. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at what he's wearing. I'm trying to figure out like where in the timeline he exists like this. And it was just a really special, special moment for me. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was super cool to be able to run into Thrall in the game. Hmm. I'm going to go for me. I can't. I can't tell you specifically, but Knights of the Little Republic. There is a moment in that game. It's near the end of the second act and the third act when there is a reveal and my mouth literally dropped. It blew my mind. So for the sake of spoilers, I'm not going to say what it is. So I'm going to say for sheer shock factor, the moment when I am running in Elder Scrolls Online... And I hear an NPC say something because it revealed the personality of the High Elves towards the Bosmer. Quote, when you realize your race is useless, <laughs> then we can use you. End quote. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is so jacked up. <laughs> like, could not believe it. Uh, so for, for sheer shock factor, I'm just going to say that. But my real answer, I can't give. It's in Knights of the Republic, KOTOR, the original Star Wars Wars, Knights of the Old Republic epic moment reveal blew my mind. I remember that. Never forget it. Cash. I love it. Okay, so I'll I'll finish this one up. I have one that continues to haunt my soul to this day, and it, it has for a long, long time. And that one is in Skyrim. The Black Sacrament. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good yes. one. Because if you go through the Dark Brotherhood quest line, it is inherently dark. And I would play that on purpose. I would play that after I received my Nightingale armor. So, And I was as stealthy as stealthy could be. And I'd start playing through that Dark Brotherhood. And I'll never forget seeing that little boy in the room trying to get the black sacrament 
um, to, I think it was to avenge his, the death of his mother or something. But you walk in that room and that little boy says, sweet mother, sweet mother, send your child unto oh, me. man. For the sins of the unworthy must be baptized in blood and fear. I have effing chills right now. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about that moment in that game and that for that to me was the culmination of all of the lore in the Dark Brotherhood and that whole faction quest line in that game to me is the absolute pinnacle. Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. That was such a good one. That I mean that's that whole thing. Yeah. That's a great example of like, okay, here's a lore moment that may not be for everyone. But if you're going down this thing, it's going to get real right now, Yeah, (laughs) you know, ready or not. Right. Right. Agreed. Yeah. And funny side story. When I was doing that, it was about two in the morning and my wife came downstairs when that exact moment that that was happening and she opened the door and said, are you coming to bed? And I peed a little. Uh, this was a good time good discussions my goodness we could talk about lore all day well everyone thank you so much for tuning in this was lore forge the podcast for ashes of creation if you enjoyed your time here let us know how we're doing for every five star review that we get right here on the show we will read it and of course it gotta be written for me on apple podcast for that one on spotify when they add it but anyway, plus it lets fellow gamers know, like, hey, if this is a show for them. So please, if you haven't left a review, please do and let us know how we're doing. We greatly appreciate it. Um, you can always call us at 516-875-1776. Try to keep your voicemails around a minute or less. We'll play it on the show, as you heard earlier today. And, of course, you can always email us as well, loreforgehq at gmail.com. Sonny. You can go to loreforge.com to find the links to all of our Ashes of Creation content. That's where our link is and it'll get you to everywhere including the YouTubes and on the YouTubes we have all sorts of stuff including this podcast if you'd like to watch it uh, the YouTube is a is an excellent place for you to find Ashes of Creation content from us and that is at youtube.com slash at loreforged we are also on Twitch right now at twitch.tv slash loreforgedhq and finally join our patreon you can get all the content that we have early as well as our after dark stuff with uh which is called why am i blanking on this the state of the owl thank you brain you figured it out (laughs) you can listen and watch uh the state of the owl which is our after dark episode and that's at patreon.com slash loreforged hq you can follow us on x jibs is at jibs irl i am at cash quests and the cash is with a k you can follow sunny at you of coruscant and most importantly don't forget to follow the show at loreforged hq don't forget about Extra Life. Our game day is November 4th, 2023. We're going to be uh, playing our TTRPG from noon to 8 p.m. EST. And I would be very remiss if I did not talk about our growing Discord community that anybody can join. It's actually been really good. This has been a super fruitful week. We have some new folks who've joined us. Cal Kalnazar Rin, which I think is an amazing name. Mr. Bach. The Real Jay Clark, who's an old friend. Welcome and thanks for coming aboard. Gilliana. And then two folks that I want to give special mention to. The first one is Chibi Bree. We did uh, the Golden Feather podcast last week, which was super fun. 
with uh, with the Golden Feather, and they were really really cool. So, Chibi, thanks for uh, for joining us. And um, also, we had a, a new person join us, which we're really really excited about too. Is Stakino? He joined us. Yeah. So if you haven't checked out our the Golden cool. Feather or Stakino on YouTube, they're just making fantastic content, and we are so dang excited to have content creators also joining up and doing stuff uh, in the mix with them. And just to be part of this community in a nutshell has so far been really, really cool. The content creators are so much fun and so inviting and so welcoming. So thank you guys for joining us. We hope you enjoy your time in our little family. Also want to uh, want to uh, remind people to check out Burns's video on lore, which features cash. That yeah. was an excellent video, yeah. cash. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. He's he's really if you guys have not seen Ashes of Relation. Please do yourself a favor. Oh, yeah. He's really, really doing a good job with some very fun, some well thought out and well done videos are really, really a good time to uh, he makes you feel at home very, very quickly about your own experiences and his experiences and not just life, but in an MMOs. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, agreed. Good content. Oh, well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this show. You have a great week and we'll see you back here next week as we jump into the development update. Take care, everybody. Peace, love, and honeybees. Safe travels, adventurers. <laughs>